This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday morning or whatever day of the week it is for you. Uh, This is Saturday Morning Mysteries, (laughs) and we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And we have something very very fun planned now uh if you're familiar with this podcast you already know that we switch from different shows to different shows we cover them in crime cartoon crime comedy fashion so to speak (laughs) we started with the powerpuff girls this year and we're already moving on to our second show of 2023 and uh grace how excited are you for this one (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna say what it is in a second but i just Let's hype it up for another second here because we're both very, very pumped. I know we've been excited for every show we've done, but I'm like, I'm over the moon about this one. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like. That's fair. I might be the most excited about this one because it it was new to both of us. So maybe that's why. Yeah. I think the only other one maybe was like, I don't know. Did did you watch Rescue Rangers growing up? Because I feel like that was maybe the only other one that was new to both mm. of us. But I feel like this is a lesser known one. Yeah, I like but had also bits has... and pieces of Rescue Rangers. And this okay. is totally no this context. Is totally new though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, eh? well, a lot of people are probably out there wondering, what the fuck? What show are they doing? Uh, well, we everyone, doing? the show we are doing is a classic Hanna-Barbera uh, animated mystery solving show called yeah, yeah. the amazing chan and the chan clan <laughs> i can't even hear the name without laughing just the name i know the name alone when uh so grace found this one she came across mm-hmm. this one in her research for us finding shows to do yep. and she added it to the list of shows we like keep a list of all the shows that we may do one day just for mm-hmm. making it easy to pick in the future and when she added stuff, I took a look at it and I saw this one and I was like, well, what the fuck is this? We have to. <laughs> it was almost without even researching it where I was like, um, let's talk about this one. <laughs> well, and Grace and then... obviously was like, okay, hold on. Two seconds later. Yes. <laughs> well, you did like then... two seconds of research, maybe. What I think really put the nail in the coffin for us of deciding this one is that you looked up the intro song and you were True. like, well we have listened to this well we have to do it now yeah the intro song is fire i gotta say i put it right up there with like darkwing duck and yeah. like all of our and obviously the classic scooby-doo where are you yeah. but I, it's describe it for us really quick before oh, okay. i get into the actual show give us a no. yeah paint us a whisper us a picture perhaps let me just let me just preface anything that I say about this song, this trailer, whatever or intro music. <laughs> uh, ever since we decided to do this show, it, I guess maybe it's been two or three weeks now, uh-huh. maybe to the date. Yeah. This song has been stuck in my head every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> I have so not glad. been able to get it out of my head. Thank God I've like had the opportunity to listen to it more times to write these episodes. But yeah, so essentially, I would describe it, it's like um kind of an upbeat jazz, like the basis of it. You know, you've got like the horns, like doing a little call and response, like bump, 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 b
the lyrics are very, very basic. Essentially, uh-huh. you have this guy just over and over saying the amazing Chan and the Chan clan, and that's a Chan plan. But he's scatting. <laughs> he's but he's also scatting, but he's whispering while he's, he's scatting, which scat Grace, you noted. That's very difficult to do. Yes, a scat I've whisper. I've tried it as it's been stuck in my head, just like going for walks and stuff, like trying to <laughs> scat whisper. And it's very difficult. Like, yep. so it essentially sounds to me like a guy who was listening to an instrumental for the first time, got in the studio and was just kind of like ad living to get a sense he was like trying to vibe it out before he took like the real take and they were like exactly it's perfect wait keep going say the amazing chan the amazing chan (laughs) say chan plan that's a chan plan boom done guys we've got intro music we're good (laughs) It, it stopped it like wasn't even like the actual um like singer it was like the tech person who was like setting up the recording studio and like they were like playing the track back and he was setting it up just like um everyone go listen to it just find it on youtube the amazing chan and uh the chan clan intro music it's it's great it's It's a vibe though like the overall like the instrumental and everything is really good it's the whisper scatting is a little off-putting but then it gets stuck in your head i'm like oh my god who's whispering yeah definitely at first you're taken aback (laughs) and then you also think that it's gonna pick up into full volume scatting and it doesn't no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just whisper scatting the entire time and I whisper singing like it's yeah. all very quiet i think it's because <laughs> besides it's the like, instruments it's a mystery show so it's like i think it's supposed to be sneaking around sure. but yeah. like you're like whispering the amazing jam from behind like, the, the shadows yeah but like you're when you think of scatting it's very loud and so mm-hmm. you got to figure out we got Super. between now and our next episode we'll look up who sang and or made this song <laughs> wrote i don't think there was any writing grace i'm telling you it's like a combo of our speculation people yeah. just like walking around the studio like the coming along to this dope like jazz tune like wow man this is dope Jam. this was like a goodwill hunting uh, moment but <laughs> cartoon intro songs of like just a janitor who's actually a scat genius he was just sweeping up in the studio one day just whisper scatting so he didn't disturb anyone you see all like the sound engineers and producers turn around and look at him like (laughs) my god not amazing genius and he was never heard from again was he a ghost we won't we don't know and maybe that's the first mystery in the amazing (laughs) jam the ghost whisper scatter Yes, man. This, wow. The show's great. So yeah, as you all can tell from the intro music alone, the show is a banger. Uh yes. intro music never fails. All right. Mm-hmm. It's always a good indicator of how the show's gonna go. Yes. So Grace, bad. take us away. Yes. So this show where it's just it's so fun and incredible i'm gonna spend a good amount of time talk like introducing this show today because 
I had never heard of it. We had never heard of it. There's also so many fucking main characters. So it's going to be kind of a longer intro and then like a short actual recap today from me. But I think that'll help set us up for success for the rest of this arc. Um, And as Alexa said, this is a Hanna-Barbera show. It ran for one season in 1972. That's it. In my research of, again, trying to find other mystery shows and make sure we've got a long list. Um, I think there was like this direct response to Scooby-Doo that every other like production company had because there are, turns out, so many like teenage mystery solving cartoons in the 70s. Like it was the cartoon and every network tried one. They all tried to have their own Scooby-Doo. So first, this show... We're going to dive into our intro here. Follows uh, the family of a detective named Charlie Chan. And before, oh, uh, let me ask first, Bird. Did you do any research into, like, the background of this show at all? A little bit, but not go on, though. Yeah, I mean, I might be able to, like, throw in something here and there, but I figured you would do. Go ahead, though. Mainly, I just want to, I'm hoping I surprise you with this information, but I also, Uh, like, it's fine if you looked it up. I should have texted you and been like, don't read Wikipedia. I'll act surprised. You knew I was going to read Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll act surprised. Then no one will ever know but me. Yes. We'll bleep this part out. It'll just be a long bleep. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're not going to cut it out we'll just bleep it um, <laughs> so really long bleep. <laughs> but we're still um, here talking we're just making the bleep longer exactly anyway um so before i even get into the freaking show and all the characters on this first character the main character charlie chan turns out our Charlie Chan was inspired by another fictional character from novels and films who was based on a real person. Oh, well, okay. Half of that is surprising to me. Which half? The real the, person? That that he, that the person that he's based on is based on a real person. I knew he gotcha. was based on another detective named Charlie Chan. Hell yeah. But I didn't okay. know Charlie Chan was based on a real person. I only yeah, read half the Wikipedia is. page. Yes. yes. <laughs> Surprising. I could depend <laughs> on you to just skim. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so we're going to go all the way back to real life, to then the talkies, to then our cartoon Ooh. today. So we're going all the way in the way back machine to 1871. Oh, wow. Yeah. When Ah Ping Chang, which is his Chinese name, but he was later known as Chang Apana, which is like the Hawaiianized version of his name. He was born in Oahu. He's uh, the son of, I believe, Chinese immigrants. Um, and he was an actual detective in the Honolulu Police Department, where mm-hmm. starting in 1916, he worked on an opium smuggling uh ring and like that was kind of his main um focus was opium smuggling and busting that as well as illegal gambling and there mm. are like batshit crazy stories about him including um i mean part of this will dicey he was rounding up lepers to um send them to the leper colony we'll ignore that part uh, of the statement okay um it was the 19 it was 1916 folks 
we didn't know what was happening. Um, but he got attacked mm-hmm. with a sickle and survived. Um wow. Another story in which he was trying to do a drug bust and he was thrown out of a second story window and landed on his feet. Totally fine. He's a cat. <laughs> he is, That's nine lives right there. Cat the man. sickle. Mm-hmm. Check. The sickle. Done. Landed he on went his to the feet lepers because he just lepers. thought they were leopards. It was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So then author Earl Durr Biggers went on vacay to Hawaii in 1920, where he heard about Aponaching and his time on the force and like what just like a crazy person he was or like these like crazy heroic stories. And so uh, Biggers went on to write a character inspired by Apana into one of his novels And it was that first novel called House Without a Key that this character inspired by Apana Chang uh, was renamed into Charlie Chan. And in that Mm. first novel, he was like a side character, but he came so popular that he started to appear in Earl's other or in Bigger's other mystery novels. Um, And that kind of like started up this so-called Charlie Chan who in all of the books, he just also made a police detective in the Honolulu Police Department. So yeah. it was like very direct that he was like, this is based on you. Yeah. Um, How uh, cool. ac- according to Wikipedia, and I cannot, as always, fully confirm this information. So we are not experts. I would say take it with like a grain. <laughs> yeah. Or professionals of anything. Take it with like a grain of light solved because i'm sure there's some truth to it some not Mm -hmm. as much as we would expect but that's all to say that apparently in the novels um charlie chan uh was a character who was like in direct contrast to like chinese and other asian stereotypes in america at the time Mm -hmm. which like was pretty cool because it was like the early 1920s late late 1910s and like america i mean None of them's any better, but like was more aggressively racist, I guess. I mean, again, what what has changed? But anyways, yeah. like it's cool that he made this character like a direct contrast to that and like was trying to break stereotypes. Yeah. And so novel Charlie Chan got so popular that in 1926, uh films started coming out that featured Charlie Chan. Um I think the the film ster- the film portrayals were maybe a little less um stereotype breaking than the novels were. Okay. Um I uh, he may have also been played by a white guy in the movies, Ooh. unclear. So, <laughs> 1926 Hollywood. Um yeah. but the actual detective, our actual detective, um upon a Chang, um actually met uh one of the actors who was betraying him. So like it was cool. Like Biggers acknowledged that Apana Chang was the inspiration. He actually mm-hmm. like got to like be at least somewhat involved in it. And like hmm. that just seems cool. It wasn't like years yeah, after he died. Respect. They just like in a way. Right. Yeah. And they just like stole his life or something. It was like, oh hey, you're pretty badass. I'm a basic character on you. Mm-hmm. Come on down. Boom. So, yeah. Come so check that's it out. Cool. Real yeah. Hollywood set. Come see it. Oh, God, watch out for that falling lamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, but he's a cat. He just pew, oh, yeah. dodged yeah, it, baby. He's got, like, he's got like seven lives left. He's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. So 
Fast forward to 1972, to the Hanna-Barbera writing room, where I'm sure they're stressed out. Scooby-Doo's a big hit. What do they follow it up with? What do they do we now? We need ideas, people. We need ideas. Ideas, ideas. I'm sure some writer in the room just finished reading some of the the Bigger's books or watching one of the movies or something like that, that had mm-hmm. the character Charlie Chan in them, again, based on um, Ah-Ping Chang, Apana Chang, um, trying to pitch a new show when bam they said wait they already stole this from something else aka someone's real life let's just steal it again for our cartoon (laughs) but make it our own so they did and that's how we got the amazing chan and the chan clan so like i said the show follows charlie chan who Mm -hmm. is a chinese american detective who travels the world solving crimes not totally sure who he works for, who hires him. I will speculate about that in this episode. Yeah, okay. Kind of like an international defense consultant, if you will. Um, and he does all of this uh, with his dog and 10 children. Yes, 10 children mm-hmm. who all help him solve crimes. And the fandom page say that Charlie's either widowed or divorced. The show just never says it. Yeah. But he's a single dad trying his best, trying to make money, getting it. It's always take your kids to work day in his life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, as of, yes, Alexis, your thoughts on 10 kids and being a detective dad? So, so many, so many thoughts. You can Um, relate. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's rough. It's rough. Let me tell you, Charlie doesn't have it easy. No, I just, I have so much wild speculation too about his, his employer, the reason why his kids are always there. It'll just be something we'll talk about it over the course of the eight episodes. Yeah. I have just every episode I watch. I'm like, oh my God, this anyway. Oh, I'm very excited to hear because I am lost in the sauce about what the hell's happening. (laughs) So as of writing this right now um i've only watched like one or two episodes and thus far i have to give a 1972 show credit for not being hella racist Mm -hmm. in a show starring a chinese american family who are just out there trying to live their lives solve some crimes and play in a band because obviously the chan clan is the name of the band that the kids are in like any good 70s show with teenagers Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna now describe all 10 children they look like what the kind of like one what their one liners are on the fandom page and from my watching (laughs) as we go through these episodes there's 10 kids to keep track of it's tough (laughs) and in a new show that we're just getting to know we will probably mix up which kid did what thing sometimes they just group together by age group so sometimes i'll refer to like the kids the middle schoolers like the teenagers yeah Yeah, the teens it's confusing so again got charlie chan the dad he rocks this all blue suit sometimes a fedora he's very professional He's got a nice mustache and he's a little more on like the serious side, very professional, very wise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's voiced, fun fact, by an actor who was in some of the Charlie Chan movies, not as Charlie Chan, but as one of, yeah, he, he was in the movies. So that was also just like a nice little like, oh, cool, good job, a, a callback. Yeah. So we've got Henry, 
who is the oldest kid, probably like 17 or 18 ish. He's got brown bell bottoms, wears a very tight orange turtleneck. So, you know, he lifts Mm -hmm. Um, as the eldest. He's very clearly like the head of the pack. Um, He can oftentimes get annoyed by like the younger kids antics, but he kind of keeps everyone in line or at least tries to. Um, Then we've got Stanley Chan, who's the second oldest. I'm going from oldest to youngest here. He is the goofball of the group. He throws zingers. He loves to be a master of disguise. He's got a green green V-neck sweater. He's got kind of longer hair. Um, and as the second oldest, he often is paired up with Henry. They're they're the kind of two oldest, even though one's more serious, the other one's goofier. They kind of band together. So then we've got Susie, the third kid. She's like the mod 60s girly girl. She's kind of like the early Daphne of the group. Her mm-hmm. whole personality, I think, is being proper and pretty in, like, the short dress and, like, her hair done with the flip. Also, now my dogs are wrestling in the background. It's fine. Sorry, <laughs> Hi, listeners. Doggos. We won't be able to make to end the noises they make. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of my dogs, for viewers, fits the head of the other one in his mouth. Anyways. <laughs> you are Don't worry correctly. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. So, then we have Alan. The fourth kid, in my opinion, he is definitely the coolest. He's got shaggy hair, the giant round, like 60s and 70s, like bright pink glasses. He's like mod meets meets disco as disco was just getting picked up. He's got Mm -hmm. bell bottoms. He's got the flowy shirt. I'm pretty sure with the vest and like purple heeled boots. He's fabulous. He is like the tinkerer and like inventor of the gang. Um, He created the Chan van, which is like their Transformers-esque mystery machine. Um, He is voiced by Brian Tochi, who was Leonardo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 90s. (laughs) So they have an incredible cast of characters, of voice actors. Yes. Not the least of which voices Anne Chan, (laughs) who's the fifth kid. Yeah, I knew you would have looked this one up. Yeah. We're going to build up to it. So she's like a tomboy. She's always proving she can do anything the boys do. She's got like the loose baseball tee and baseball cap. And Anne? Oh, Anne was voiced by the one and only Jodie fucking Foster. Like the funniest thing. I don't know. It's like fun fact of the day. Hey, Jody yeah. Foster voiced Ann Chan in the amazing yeah. Which, in the Chan clan. On like one side of things, we should acknowledge that like there's a pretty even split of like white yeah. people voicing them and then actual people of Asian descent, which is nice. But yeah. I also want to wildly speculate that. Did 1972 mm-hmm. Jodie Foster get inspired by solving crimes to the point that she agreed to star in Silence of the Lambs 19 right. years later? Mm-hmm. Baby. No. And that tough girl persona, she can stick it up. She can she can stand a serial killer. Carnivore, exactly. <laughs> murderous I mean, serial killer. I uh, both haven't cannibal. seen or looked up any statements by Jodie Foster saying she wasn't inspired by this role in 1972 when she was Ann Chan in the Amazing so, Chan in the Chan Clan. News. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. 
You heard it Jody here. Jodie Foster would not be where she is today had she <laughs> not voiced Aunt Chan and the amazing Chan and the Chan clan. In 1871, <laughs> when Apana Chang was born, he had no idea that one day he would lead to Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Without Apana Chang, Silence yeah. of the Lambs, the whole, the whole Hannibal universe would never exist. Would so, never exist. Jodie Foster, you wouldn't have even heard of her. Never. If not for this. Mm, so mm. that's the biggest. Anthony Hopkins actor never probably. heard of him. Hill? Never heard mm-hmm. of him. So then we've got Tom, who's the sixth kid. He's the total dweeb. He's got the square glasses, the sweater vest. He's got the nasally voice and uses very big words that no one can understand. Flip Chan is the seventh kid who clearly just wants to impress his dad and his siblings. I know. And you're not done. Exactly. That's why I was like, this intro takes forever because there's 10 fucking kids to get through. Uh, He is already, he's always like right in the middle of the mystery, but he easily jumps or flips to conclusions, Ah. if you will classic he's got a neon green polo and a red cap um we've got then nancy chan who's the eighth kid she's got a high pony with a purple polo that matches her purple bow thus far in my viewing i think they just needed another kid to make the eighth kid i don't really know what her deal is yet but the fan the fandom page the like wikipedia there's like wikipedia fandoms essentially for like every show in the universe they also clearly agree that she's just like the throwaway kid, I guess, because oh. their description of her is <laughs> poor Nancy, slightly chunky and really clumsy. <laughs> Which you know, harsh. it's harsh, but I gotta say that checks out. <laughs> yeah, that's that I've that I've yeah. watched so far. Yeah, she's always eating and breaking shit. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's very accurate, but it's harsh. It's a harsh, but it is harsh, harsh reality. They're like, damn, we don't know what to do. We still have two other kids after this one. But they're yeah, like but these little kids. Yeah. Anyway. So then we've got Mimi oh. Chan, who's the ninth kid, and she gives off the like, I'm a little angel vibe. She's got like little pink bows and frilly outfits, but she's for sure like the bossiest kid. Um, since she's like towards the bottom rung and she always just bosses around her little brother who is the youngest finally we've arrived at the 10th child scooter chan he is six years old he's got like a cute little bowl cut and wears a red sweater and hates being bossed around by his older sister mimi Mm -hmm who always says he can't do things because he's too little but he's really ambitious he wants to get right in the thick of things and often does. Uh, he's just a precious little kid. But wait, just when you think, oh my God, she's told me about now 11 characters. One more to get through here, which is Choo Choo Chan, which is their little mutt dog who's kind of like it's a combination, I think, of like, just like to, to give you, you a picture, he's a combination of four things. He's like a little Yorkie. A little mm-hmm. cat, yeah. pig pen from the peanuts, and a mop. Okay, <laughs> what this dog looks like, and somehow 
one plus two plus three plus four equals dog <laughs> equals choo choo chan the dog he is he's described as a dog but yeah yeah that's the only thing about him that seems like a dog is the fact that wikipedia says he's a dog, <laughs> a dog. yeah at first i actually thought he was a cat and then yeah. they called him a dog and then i was like is this a dog who got electrocuted and then i was like oh no he's just a combination of these four things <laughs> mom. so yeah <laughs> and a mom so choo choo he's just a curious little mop dog animal executed mop but yeah pet. animal uh pet thank you <laughs> who uh likes like the kids to get into little shenanigans and is some comedic relief so okay that was obviously a lot this is a huge cast Ooh, all right everyone stretch and i know, you know. truly <laughs> take a coffee break go listen yeah relieve your mind from that information with some whisper scatting real what if we whisper scatted our the entire episodes <laughs> like asmr I almost <laughs> isn't it weird it's very off-putting i don't even like doing it, it makes me feel gross <laughs> um but can i too just say even though so I don't know if it's good or bad that they give this guy 10 kids. I feel like that could be that could be kind of like a diss on any culture, honestly. Like, oh, uh-huh. but I will say it's very nice that they gave each kid like very distinctive, like like features and yes. like haircuts and outfits and stuff and characteristics yes. in general. Just another like nod and thumbs up to i agree like for 1972 right 72 yeah 72 yeah like good on them yeah on them and none of them are like like what you would call like oh that's a stereotypical or like an offensive like asian you know depicting character it's like no they're just like normal kids doing just like totally normal things where yeah so it's like very very good job like what yeah. happened why great why didn't this continue on imagine where we would be as a country it's, it's probably because they did a the good job being like yeah. they're first and foremost 10 teenage kids who are solving crimes with their de- actual professional detective dad who also just happened to be Chinese American, not the yeah, other way exactly. around. Exactly. Like you could you could input any race of a family into this show and like yeah. it would be the same. They were just like, yeah, these are just no- just normal people. Like, yeah, I think you. that's a great point and call out. And it's probably exactly yeah. why in 1972 it didn't get a second season because they did yeah. a good job. And America was like, wait a second. What is this? What? We need more yeah. racism in our cartoons, damn it. Right. It's for our children. <laughs> Think of the kids. Think of the children. <laughs> so, Anyways. On to our actual episode here. Yes. And like any good cartoon of the 20th century, I wish I was joking. Because I, again, I always start off with the first episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like I've said before, every good cartoon starts out mystery cartoon first episode in the Uh, goddamn city museum (laughs) such a good entry point it's such a good entry point (laughs) yes it literally starts in the city museum of whatever freaking town they're in i don't know so boy my favorite setup for a show obviously and again going to my own personal theory of art thieving was ingrained in me Mm-hmm. as that would be crazy it must happen all the time because every show told me that it did exactly so 
Anyways, we start out on a preview night of the new exhibition that's opening to the public to the next day. And it's a private showing, you know, probably for like investor or like, I guess, donors to the museum um, of the Burmese crown jewels. And these jewels are displayed in this like, uh, like kind of like flat, giant, like display case, not giant, I guess, like large display case where it's covered in glass and you're kind of looking down upon all of the jewels Um it's got diamonds. It's got gold. It's got rare gems. All the it's razzle dazzle. Sparkly, exactly. Razzle, freaking dazzle, the usual. And we learn that the Chan clan, the family, is there on this preview night, uh, specifically because they helped arrange the security arrangements for the jewels. So we've got them. They kind of were like the uh i guess like the architects to how to protect these jewels mm -hmm. uh but we also have the security officer there johnson who is just on duty for the night you know ready to be of help we have the museum curator who sounds like igor the entire time he doesn't oh. look like igor at all he just looks like a little nerdy but he's like ah yes perfect the jewels are here i can't do igor actually how do you do a transylvania accent uh, the jewel. Uh, I'm just. What, I, I don't fucking know how to do it. Erase all of that. I, I don't know what it is. But it sounds like Igor. Okay, we'll bleep it out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this whole part's also just going to be bleeped. Half of this episode <laughs> is just a long beat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um. Yes. So we've got the curator who, uh, after he shows off the exhibition to all the donors, he like sees everyone out and says good night. And then all that's left in the museum with Johnson, the chance, and the curator is the collection's owner, who is Lord Buckley from England. Um, he's obviously there. He wanted to be there for the preview night. This makes sense. He wanted to ensure his collection is well taken care of. And, you know, in talking about stereotypes, which ones are and aren't okay, like every good depiction of a British man in the 70s, he's got a bowler, he's got a cane. I loved it. <laughs> the proper British lord. Right. Um, so I'm I was here for it. I was like, yes. I hope I he had a high-pitched accent. Nasally. You know, I can't remember because I was so taken aback by the Igor accent the that I can't do. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so uh again, the rest of the guests all leave, say goodnight. Uh, and Lord Buckley wants one more assurance that his jewels will be kept safe. Um, he's obviously, it's opening to the public tomorrow. It's a lot of his fucking money in there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the curator, Johnson, the security guard, and Charlie Chan all laugh, like kind of laugh at the comment. And they show off. They're like, no, 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 no. Take one more look at our security arrangements. <laughs> this is what uh, Charlie Chan set up. That basically the curator turns a key to like the on switch, which then sets off or like turns on like a motion detector system. And when mm. the motion detectors go off, an alarm goes off, which good, it'll notify Johnson. But then okay. it triggers a mechanism that like slams down metal bars pumping oh. with electricity. <laughs> Whoa. all around the um you said jewel you case. said charlie set this up right yeah yeah this is yeah, what okay. happened to choo choo i bet is that and... he got too close to one of the electric 
Actually, like set it down when Choo Choo was on the thing they were trying to protect. <laughs> exactly. Brian. Um, wow, this adds yep. to my wild speculation about Charlie Chan. Oh, okay. I'm very excited. So yeah. um, yes. So Charlie Chan, not fucking around. He was clearly hired for a reason. So <laughs> they're like, see, we got it. And they, you know, turn it off, like take one more look at the jewels and stuff. Little choo-choo is like um uh jumping up on the like display case being like what's in here like what's going on because he's allowed to he kind of is allowed to come out now all the guests are gone and again he's mm-hmm. just a cute little our little mop dog pet. is like <laughs> sniffing around yeah mop pet our mop our uh, mop. <laughs> our, so, pet mop. our pet mop i mean it was the 70s they had pet rocks true back true. in the day chia pets chia pets it was a wild time uh, all the same thing right yeah Exactly. So uh, as all this is happening uh, and the guests are gone, the Chan kids are still waiting around for their dad to be done, you know, talking business and security with the, the other adults. So Henry and Stanley, again, the oldest, are strolling through the museum when they pass a phone booth and actually see that someone is still inside or is inside it and they thought all the guests left. And they overhear this man saying, everything's right on schedule. I'll knock this job off in 15 minutes. You'll be at the side door and I'll let you in. So immediately, these two oldest boys clock this as suspicious as fuck and plan to follow this dude. But at the same time, Mimi realizes that Choo Choo, again, little Doge who was sniffing around, Mop Doge, mm-hmm. um, he has run off. They don't know where yeah. he went. He was sniffing the display case. And then they, he just ran off somewhere. So they're like, yeah. God damn it. We got a dog loose in the museum. Yeah. Like, fuck. Okay. We got to go find Choo Choo. So the Chan, like the rest of the Chan kids, Johnson, the curator and Lord Buckley, uh, all split up to just like go grab him um, throughout somewhere in the museum. Luckily, one of them who knows which child uh i think it's it's actually mimi um she's like carrying him around and he's like slightly too he's like the same size as her it's actually pretty cute um but they're able to find choo-choo and they all regather in the main gallery however charlie chan points out well the dog's no longer missing but the crown jewels are oh you hate to see it happen yes in that time I know what a conundrum. What mm. a what a goof him up. So <laughs> Choo Choo again was found and the jewels were stolen. So Choo Choo immediately runs back to the display case and like jumps on it again, starts sniffing around. He's on the job immediately. This good. smart little pup. Good um, boy. Yes, Pet. a good boy Dang. on the hunt for the thief. Um, Stanley, again, second oldest with the zingers, says what I believe is his catchphrase, wham, bam, we're in a jam. Mm -hmm. Says it every episode, at least so far. So immediately, Lord Buckley is understandably really fucking pissed off. Like, he just said he was worried about his jewels, and then they immediately You said no. Yeah, (laughs) you said everything was fine. It literally took five minutes. minutes. (laughs) Not even, maybe. Yeah, and gone. Um, And uh, Lord Buckley is yelling at the curator about this and then horribly starts blaming immediately just the security offer Johnson, who's like stumbling over his words at this accusation. 
Johnson's denying it. Flip, who again wants to be in the middle of things, wants to impress everyone, is like getting in the security officer's face. And is like poking him. Is like you'll need a better alibi than that. Oh. Um, and so Flip is also accusing him and is saying that he must have passed the jewels to some accomplice. And Henry and Stanley, the oldest, overhear all of this. And they're like, oh, shit, the guy from the phone booth who kind of like disappeared from our view. I bet that was the accomplice. Let's go mm. find him. Mm. So the curator calls the police, which I think that, again, yeah, it means the Chans are like a hired special uh, security force. You're, we can talk about it in your episode because mm-hmm. mine again is going to be real long because all this introduction stuff. So yeah, good, yeah. not official law enforcement, but the police are on the way. Mm-hmm. But still the whole family immediately splits and decides to start doing some like pre-detective work, I guess, not securing the crime scene. So Henry and Stanley are walking through the museum trying to find the guy from the phone booth. And they were walking through like an Ice Age exhibit full of cavemen which shout out to the cincinnati museum because they totally had one of those and it was my favorite exhibit in the world (laughs) but one of the cavemen suddenly starts moving and grabs stanley by the mouth and like lifts him up by the mouth and like neck unclear if he's trying to strangle him either way stanley is able to wiggle out yeah he's he's a string bean kind of guy yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. full on assault, attempted murder of a child. Perhaps. Uh, yes, perhaps. But they chase each other through the museum until Stanley is able to shake his pursuer and meets back up with Henry through the Chancom, which is they've got really cool tech, I will say. It's yeah. like walkie talkie watches that all the kids have with each other. Yeah. We love it. So, meanwhile, the youngest, Scooter and Mimi, are with Choo Choo, just in the outside grounds of the museum with a flashlight crawling around in the bushes no one was like we should keep the smallest children inside they were like y'all take the outside oh there's a thief on the loose you got it (laughs) you guys get the perimeter yeah take the dog with you take mop dog with you it'll be fine so yes they are crawling through this one outside is like nine (laughs) no uh six and seven literal children um so yes their theory is that maybe the thief like tossed the jewels outside to come back for later or they might find just a clue which they do find a set of footprints and you know what it was smart of them to send these literal children out there because this little genius six-year-old scooter whips out supplies to make a plaster cast of the footprints to eventually match with the thief. Yeah, he like starts pouring like the plaster, but it immediately falls apart because Choo Choo just walks through the plaster molds and ruins the evidence. Luckily though, I guess the cops do arrive um, and Lord Buckley, uh, Charlie Chan, and I think like Johnson are explaining there was no witnesses because everyone was looking for choo-choo, which the cops are like, well, that's pretty fucking unhelpful. Like, <laughs> that's super unfortunate. Thanks. <laughs> which they do blatantly say, like, this is unhelpful. But Charlie Chan says, oh, no, choo-choo, it turns out, is very helpful. So helpful, in fact, that I now know where the jewels are. Oh. Which the cops are probably like, that's suspicious. 
Yeah. Did you you steal them for you? Are you admitting (laughs) to this right now? But that moment gets interrupted as the curator runs out of his office into the exhibit, waving a note that he just found. And he passes it directly to the cop. And everyone reads the note, which says, if you want the jewels back, keep the police away, which too late, and have $100,000 ready to pay off tonight. So Charlie Chan says, you got to pay this ransom, which uh, they're like, didn't you just say you knew where the jewels were? We don't want to do this. But Charlie Chan is like, well, I know where the jewels are, but I don't know who took them. So the money should be the bait to get the thief in here or wherever we're going to do this exchange. Um, And the cops are like, I, you want to do the ransom exchange? Thanks. So I guess he's for hire for anything. Like, I don't know why yeah. officer isn't going to do the ransom exchange. They're essentially Whatever. just like, let us know when someone needs to be arrested. Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't have the resources to do all of the, like you yeah. do. I mean, in, they were, in reality, they definitely do. They're like, we don't give a fuck about this, like museum, like whatever. This I, is Lord whatever's right. problem. Like, yeah, just tell like, us when someone needs British. to be arrested. We'll come back. I mean, that's literally correct because they were like, what, what's the, who are the witnesses and evidence you found? Oh, none. Yeah. That's unhelpful. It's, it's all adding it's, up. Like he's a known detective. I think like every yes. law enforcement agency knows like, oh shit, Charlie Chan's here. Like let him take over. Just yeah. tell us when they someone's like, got to bit- get booked. <laughs> they didn't even question like, okay, yeah. cool. You're going to do the ransom. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So um, smartly, Charlie Chan brings all the kids home um instead of just being like let's go on this ransom hunt he's like we're going home you y'all you kids need to like have your dinner do your homework um oh that's right (laughs) yeah exactly they are children uh but as they're home you know they're playing in their band playing some catchy catchy late 60s tunes um but uh lord buckley comes to the house to meet up with charlie chan and inform him that they received another message this time directly to lord buckley that the money needs to be dropped off at 8 p.m. by the old oak tree in the park. And again, it reminds them not to tell anyone about it, especially the authorities. So it's a hilarious side note. Uh, the conversation is like happening like in the office or like just some room in um, the household while the kids were sitting down to dinner. And Susie, who again is like the proper pretty girl, is like, well, we all have better manners than to eavesdrop on that private adult conversation as she's like eating her food. And then she looks up and every single kid has like a cup to the wall and like stethoscopes <laughs> and is like trying to listen in. And she's like, ah. so very funny. That's so uh, These kids. Charlie tells the kids to stay home. I'm going to hit the road with Lord Buckley. Um, but Tom Chan, who's the nerdy one, <laughs> he's sus of this situation and so he goes to his bookshelf and apparently has a book that's like a comprehensive list of all english lords and like royalty and he's like flipping through it and goes aha just as i thought there is no lord buckley he is an imposter um which okay good good shit Good I that guess you found that. I am like, still stuck on the fact that he has this book. Where do you even yeah, get it's that? Like, I don't know something that you only pages? had, like if you were <laughs> for lords, though. 
Yeah. I thought that was something you only had if you were like a lord. Maybe he <laughs> yeah. stole it from Lord Buckley. He for sure did. <laughs> or, yeah. Or like some other mystery, I guess. Maybe when they were in England, he picked one up. Mm-hmm. It's one of very the other lords that hired, you know, Charlie yeah. Chan for some other mystery. Oh, exactly. This will be helpful yeah. in the future. Oh, they won't miss this. <laughs> A giant yellow page is like, <laughs> and they're like dragging it out. Yeah. Like attaches it to Chu to drag. <laughs> so um, they all freak out at this information as you would worrying and realizing that their dad is in trouble because he's with an imposter but Henry and Stanley, again, the two oldest, are like, y'all, dad probably already knows. This is probably a very elaborate setup. You guys need to all stay home. And, like, we can't ruin dad's sting operation. And literally every kid agrees. But we also see that literally every kid is crossing their fingers behind their back. Yeah. So that leads to separately, they all head to the oak tree to set up their own traps for the thief. So, of course, like any good cartoon mystery detective show, shenanigans ensue in which, like, each group, they they often split up of, like, the three youngest, the, like, middle schoolers, and again, like, the eldest teens. It's like Hart, or mm-hmm. um, Henry and Stanley, middle schooler, younger teens, and then, like, the couple, maybe, like, four youngest. Again, mm-hmm. there's so many kids to keep track of. So. Right. Again, usually shenan- groups of three, though. Somehow they're split up in three groups. Yeah, exactly. Let's just leave it at that. It's unclear. All what ten is brood. Yes, this is brood. Exactly. So, um, yes, they all uh, basically all fall into each other's traps. They all collectively realize that um, they all lied to each other about not going they're like what are you doing here what are you doing here let me out of this trap help i'm stuck in this hole oh my god it's you etc etc so and they all get each other oh my god i'm dying oh hey what are you not doing in bed (laughs) wait a second you're not the one who should be dying it should be someone else the the thief what are you doing here the mimi scooter so the (laughs) four-year-old <laughs> Look at the bottom of a pit. <laughs> there was a pit. You are correct. Oh. <laughs> I think there was the youngest ones who fell into it because they were too short to get out. <laughs> so terrifying. <laughs> You're like going for a jog in this park and you just look and there's like four middle schoolers in a cage because that was one of them. There's two children in a pit. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the other ones, but yeah. Uh, like that's, hanging that's from a tree like, <laughs> by their ankles or something. <laughs> Little rope trick, probably, honestly. Yeah. Didn't write it down, but yes, most likely. Here? Just keep, keep running, keep running. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> if I don't say anything, I'm not involved. I'm not an accomplice to this. <laughs> right. So, yeah. oh shit, uh, those are Charlie Chan's kids. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's running faster. They get a PR. <laughs> get me out. <laughs> so, uh, Henry is starting to lecture them all, um, even though he also totally lied and showed up and set a trap and all of that stuff. Um, but, like, they're so used to the oldest brother's like lectures that one of them may have been Nancy. Oh. Uh, is like clearly not listening and is just like oh my god we skipped dessert after dinner 
wait, but there's an ice cream truck over there. Like, let's just go get dessert. So I guess leaning into that comment about Nancy. Slightly <laughs> chunky and really clumsy. She didn't hear a word they said. When... Oh, she literally was like, what about dessert? Ice oh my God, cream. there's an ice cream you truck. And there can relate. An ice cream truck can relate. I think yeah. all of us, a lot of us have a little bit of Nancy. Not yeah, most, we're all mostly Nancy. Chunky yeah. and pretty clumsy. And I yeah. also want dessert. So I also, oh, Ooh, ice cream. Exactly. What were you saying? Oh, it's not important. It's all right. So um, that's literally what's happening. They're all about to go get some ice cream, but they hear a car pulling up. And so they're like, oh shit, this is probably the thief coming to get the money. And so they all hide behind the bushes. Um, oh, I should have also said that the briefcase with the money was already under the oak tree. Like Charlie Chan had already gotten there and dropped okay. the um the briefcase yeah. um and indeed a car did pull up and it's a taxi with a cloaked figure comes out or like i guess like a trench coated figure like uh, you can't really see anything a low hat walks out waltzes right up to the briefcase and from the kid's angle like they can't really see what he does exactly um just like from yeah what bushes they help like jumped behind they're kind of behind the tree um but then they see the figure go back into the taxi, briefcase in hand, and drive away. And then seconds later, they see their dad come out in another car, like where he was parked somewhere in hiding, and chase the taxi out of the park. And just as they're like, whew, we should have known, dad's got it. One of them gasps when they're like, oh, fuck, actually, dad just got set up and he's in a trap. Because behind the tree, they see another cloaked figure in the exact same long coat and low hat step out also holding a briefcase and they're uh, like wait what the fuck we just saw someone get in the car with the briefcase who's this with the briefcase and then he rips off the hat and coat to reveal an ice cream man what? or at least someone in an ice cream uniform <laughs> with like an ice cream man's hat on so hat underneath the hat. Like a CIA sting operation. <laughs> on like fake glasses. <laughs> There's a lot of outfit changes in this episode. And then he What's runs happening? into the ice cream van and drives off. I'm assuming so, the same ice cream van that Nancy saw. Same ice cream van Nancy okay. saw. Okay, I was like, is this yep. town just riddled with ice cream vans <laughs> at night? Nope, this was the same one. Okay. Jumps in, drives off, and the kids all hop on their bikes and scooters and follow him to the museum. No Chan van? No Chan van. Well, Henry and Stanley originally took it there, but they don't take it to the museum. Okay. I guess it's too obvious. Sure. They said they want to yeah. be a gang of kids loudly <laughs> on scooters and bikes in the street instead of just a car that could be in disguise. Anyways, they're children. We're threatening. Yeah. Yes. By the way, as a total side note, in the park shenanigans, Choo Choo runs into a undescript brown Great Dane. Oh. Who looks at Choo Choo and was like, huh? And then Choo Choo growls at the Great Dane and the Great Dane's like, and runs away, which I guess is a big <gasps> finger to Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Because it looks just like Scooby-Doo, just with no spots. With so. like, oh, no spots or, and obviously no collar. Uh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was very wow. funny. I was like, wow, gay. 
Tell us how you really feel. All right, cool. Yes. But, so, so wait, there's does that them saying Choo Choo's better than Scooby Doo? I think so. I think they're being oh, like wow, Choo Choo's no. gonna fuck you up. This is Choo Choo is very clearly like a street dog who's seen some shit. Yeah, I was gonna say no, that I agree with. Choo Choo would definitely beat Scooby Doo up in a fight. But oh, for I think Scooby Doo's sure. maybe the better all around pet because yes, we yes. know what he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to be easier pet. to take to the vet. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what kind of what kind of animal do you have here? If you're like the Chans, um, yeah, are they like at an exotic animal pet? Yeah. Or are they at like? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like the appliance store for a new mop like unclear so um the kids indeed go into the museum and there is indeed the ice cream man um who has the briefcase which is interesting that he went back to the museum so keep that in mind um but he realizes obviously because i pictured that when they all got to the museum door all of these kids like just had to like drop their scooters and bikes so like even if they were being quiet all of a sudden the ice cream man just heard like a <laughs> of like scooters and bikes and like the thrown. door opening like yeah. 10 times exactly it's like <laughs> like yeah scooters and bikes just get thrown to the side so they're not the most subtle gang of 10 I children why they didn't take the chan van unclear okay never mind. So, go ahead they start to chase him down because they're like, we got a corner of this guy we know he's got the briefcase dad is off chasing a red herring like he clearly came back to the museum he's up to no good um they luckily are able to chase him into the dinosaur exhibit mm-hmm. and uh basically like in all good cartoons don't care about um special history. items yeah history they're like you know pull the legs out from underneath or something like that so that the um brontosaurus rib cage falls down on the ice cream man and basically enclose him like a set of jail bar or a jail cell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just then their dad walks in who like knew that they were going there he realized the other one was a red herring comes back the kids are like Wait okay sorry no go keep going never are you mind. asking how he knew he was set up with the red herring well yeah yes i well no no more so how he knew the guy would go back to the museum and then i guess also assume that the kids mm-hmm. would trap him or that he would somehow get trapped there i would say that the dad didn't know the kids would trap him there but okay the, he just but thought. charlie knew he'd go back because remember charlie knows where the jewels are yeah so okay he perhaps went back to where the jewels are so maybe somewhere in the museum but anyways the kids are like dad we did it we caught him and bird who do you think is the ice cream man would you like me to run through the characters yeah yeah Okay, we've got an ice cream man. (laughs) Cool. We've got Lord Buckley. We've got Igor, museum curator. We've got security officer Johnson. We've got the Chan clan. Don't you don't have to do all them. (laughs) (laughs) They have three hour episode. Yeah. Um, Um, Yes. So pretty the so it's like the security guy Igor and that's <laughs> that's not even really his name and the security guy is now. also not his name and yeah. Lord Buckley are in the main. Um, 
I guess I the so he went back to me. I'm gonna guess the curator. So the kids are like, Dad, we did it. We caught Lord Buckley. And Charlie Chan is like, <laughs> it's not Lord Buckley. See, Buckley isn't who he says he is. And with that, Buckley walks out from behind the, I don't know, another fucking room of the museum. As Charlie Chan says, Lord Buckley's actually from Scotland Yard. So I guess they're fucking spy buddies. Is that MI6? Yeah. So I hope this is helping your theory. It is. With Charlie Chan right now. That yes, um, Lord Buckley is with Scotland Yard slash MI6 and um, was in there, was indeed there for this larger sting operation, apparently. Go ahead. They knew the jewels would try and be stolen because then Charlie rightfully points out indeed who it actually is. And you're both correct. It's the curator. Ah, okay. Yep. And the curator then rips off his ice cream man uniform to reveal himself. <laughs> like he uh, which, wore one costume already. I guess he could wear another layers, one. Layers. Layers <laughs> yeah. upon layers. He's got like five masks on at a time. <laughs> and so <sighs> he says basically like, y'all aren't going to get the jewels back unless you let me go. But Charlie is like, I've already told you I know where the jewels are. Um, I just need you to incriminate yourself first, which you just did. So Charlie Chan walks back to the display cabinet and the kids are like, yeah, dad, we know the jewels are gone. What are we doing here? And yeah. he was like, and, oh, and they're like, dad, there are no clues here. And Charlie says, exactly. There are no clues. Isn't that hella suspicious? There was no broken glass or nothing. Right. So on the display cabinet, Charlie like reaches down basically below it to this little tiny button that like blends in with the cabinet and Charlie pushes it. And in that moment, the shelves of the display cabinet descend and are replaced with shelves that have all of the jewels on them oh. and then charlie hits it again and the jeweled shelves go beneath and the blank shelves come back up oh so they were there the whole the, time they were there the <laughs> whole time and okay. charlie explains it was the lack of clues and the cleanliness of the job that was obviously suspicious as hell yeah. and <laughs> he's like no one no one could get around my trap that i set did you fuck that no 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 no, no. The this was an inside metal bars. Job. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh he knows it's a job from the get-go yeah, yeah. yeah he's and like i get the also... best of the best for my government contractors <laughs> yeah, exactly i don't get scotland yard and my six involved for nothing right um and so he also explains that if you remember he said that choo-choo was indeed very helpful and it's hmm. actually because of Choo Choo that Charlie Chan was also able to figure this out because when Choo Choo jumped up on the cabinet, when the jewels were in the display case, his nose reached the shelves. But on the blank display case, his nose was beneath the shelves. Thus, it uh... indicated something with the shelving changed in between jewels, no jewels, jewels, yeah. no jewels. And he solved at the end. Cool. Okay. Wow. Great yep. job. <laughs> <laughs> what a mystery. What a great. Wow. 
the writer's most, just took um, us on a journey there. <laughs> most uh, uh, art thieving cases are indeed inside jobs from the mm. museum. So it makes sense, Igor. They knew it back then. It still holds true today. Mm-hmm. Igor I assume. I did it. No. Yeah, I think it does. Firsthand knowledge of this whatsoever. I've never worked in a museum. Don't worry about it. What? what is what even is a museum uh so there you go awesome so yeah i i'm just gonna like say it now generally the basis of my wild speculation about mr chan is that mm-hmm. he is this like he himself is a contractor like not a mercenary obviously but like the, the equivalent <laughs> for like private investigators and detectives yes. like known by all the wealthiest of the wealthiest in the country yes. known by all the major like intelligence operations mm. and like bureaus of investigation the un and shit just like hires him like on contract for jobs but they let him bring his kids because they know that it always like is a ruse that gets the criminal off track or some <laughs> shit <laughs> thinking that they're in the clear but then nope we gotcha because the kids are always interfering in these investigations and <laughs> making the criminal think like oh yeah i'll get away with this like they're pointing they're they're investigating these people over here or whatever what's going on and then boom now charlie I, gets them i do think that is correct i did write down originally like i think he's maybe like a pi but like a pi a pi plus type yeah. of thing um because yeah it does do like security and stuff and i think that makes sense with the kids that like that's part of like the contract like when you hire bring him, your kids it's like <laughs> would you like the kid edition or not kid edition like kid edition means more distraction easier case mm-hmm. type of thing so yeah because no one is ever upset that the kids are there like everyone no, loves normal. his kids or like the law enforcement people yeah like, no one like blinks to, like, an eye no, they're like, oh yeah, the whole Chan family's here. Cool. Let's yeah. let's solve this mystery. Yeah. And at the same time, he's like, being a single dad is hard. A single parent yes. household. Help me out. What does yeah. to do with these kids? Yeah. I well, mean and to be fair, they like watch over themselves on all of these mysteries already. <laughs> and it was the 70s, so they were probably like, he doesn't have a wife at home to take care of the children. This poor man. Yeah, he must bring them. Which I mean, true. Once you get past like, I mean, ten kids is a lot. <laughs> I, I too would be like, oh my god, dude, you need a wife to help you take care. Of, like, or you need a village or whatever. Yeah, you've you grown a village. a village. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you need like you need ten villages. <laughs> I do like to think though that even though the again fandom page said that. Charlotte Chan's either widowed or divorced. I like to think that he's divorced and just like <laughs> this is like cool weekends custody. with dad. Oh no. It's like always on these mystery cases. Wait, yeah, I kind of like that better. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like always Monday he's always on the clock though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's always on the clock. So even even when they go on a trip. Where did this uh-huh. episode take place? Your did was it like I have no idea. Oh, just some okay. Damn. Someone well, weekend with dad. Hey, we're going to the museum. Secretly, yeah. dad's like, oh yeah, we're going to the museum. We sure are. A very That's educational like, weekend. That to the chance, like that is what going to the museum is. They like <laughs> hear their friends talk about going and like seeing an exhibit. They're like, Oh, we thought that you went to museums to stop jewel. Th- Thieves. They like <laughs> one of them like flip like has like a school field trip to the museum and immediately just like rips the dinosaur bones out because he's like that's what you do, right? 
He like finds you know, the curator and like property. tries to rip his face off. Yeah. Like, take off your mask. <laughs> and this is how museums go. That's what we did last time with dad. So, yep, there we go. That's the first amazing Chan and the Chan clan episode. Wonderful. Wonderful. Can't wait. Can't wait to keep it going. I think this will be a very fun arc. Um, I'm very excited for it. And between now and next week, when you do your first uh, episode, who should our listeners tell um, about this uh, podcast? Um, I think this week you should find uh a teacher and tell mm-hmm. them because essentially like if you thought that wrangling the chan clan was tough imagine <laughs> doing two times the chan clan yeah. <laughs> like all day so Truly. uh yeah essentially that's what teachers have to do uh yes, find one of good. them tell them that's easy for us you know a teacher she's probably yeah. already watching right. but yeah Hey girls, yes. but thank them and tell them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yes, to help get them through it. Maybe also like donate some supplies to them because they mm-hmm. have to pay for their own supplies oftentimes. Um, yeah, and then shitty. after that, um, find a private investigator, find a PI. <laughs> no, I'm not here to hire you. I'm here to make a recommendation for you. Nice. And if they're a good PI, they podcast they recommendation. Knew. Yeah, podcast wreck. Not even like, like a lead you might job. Get some good ideas for your own business. <laughs> nice, so, nice. Yeah, tell a PI and um till next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmorneMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.